You ready for the word this morning? Yes. Just checking. Just checking. Yep. Cool. Cool. Excellent. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning. And I, I, I thank you that your anointing is here. I thank you that your presence is here. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're all over this word. It is smeared in the oil of your presence. And I thank you right now that as I speak this word, that there would come life and power and vitality into every area of this word. It would be planted in the good soil of your people's hearts today. It would bring about an incredible encouragement to them. It would bring about a, a different perspective, perhaps, that they've not seen before. I thank you, Lord, for the fruit of this word being in lives being changed, souls being saved, bodies being healed, families being restored, emotions being healed, finances growing and increasing over your people. Lord, I thank you that the devil has no sway in us. We are the children of light and we just praise you and glorify you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. I'm going to ask you to uh, help me to preach this message this morning. Okay, so if you feel that there is this compulsion inside of you to say, that's my word, or yeah, amen, whatever, feel free. Go for it. That's it. See, there you go. Praise God. It started already, the anointing of that. It's cool. So I'm simply just asking for your help. If you don't feel that, don't feel that you have to do it just to keep me happy. All right? So this message is um, in part a message I preached down at LifePoint Church uh, a couple of Sunday evenings ago. I've made some adjustments to this message, so those of you watch the YouTube video, it's different to the one you saw. Um, but I felt really uh, that this was a message for us as a church. And for the primary reason that the title of this message is Lit Up to Light Up. And we've heard that somewhere before. I would finish most of our services with the phrase, you have been lit up to light up. And I felt it was time for me to explain that, the, the significance of that statement so that we're all on the same page. And you can start to see in your own life the reality of what I talk about when I say that we have been lit up to light up. So if I was to say the, the, the phrase light them up, this phrase can mean so many things to different people. For the army, it means start shooting. For the stage, it means switch the lights on. In the drag races, it means stamp on the loud pedal and light up the tires doing a burnout. For smokers, it means set fire to your face. <coughs> as a cop, now for some of you, you may not realize, I, as in a previous life, I used to be a policeman. I was a police officer for 25 years. So as a police officer, it meant um, activating the lights and sirens on our patrol car. And I want to say that when you activate the lights and sirens on your patrol car, there is an adrenaline, adrenaline rush that hits our bodies when we light up our patrol car and in responding to maybe an emergency. We get a call over the radio. There's an armed holdup in progress. You activate the lights and sirens. There's a potentially violent disturbance with weapons possibly being involved. The light up the, the lights and sirens and there's an adrenaline rush. When we hear the code 801 go over our police radio, 801 means 
police in trouble. Drop what you're doing and get to that, that place wherever that officer has called for urgent assistance. Or perhaps when we become involved in a, a high-speed pursuit, we look to go and pull over a, a motorist. We activate the lights and sirens. And for whatever reason, they decide that they don't want to stop and talk to me and have a nice conversation. They decide that they'd rather run and they shoot off. So we activate our lights and sirens and we engage in a high-speed pursuit. I believe that the rush of adrenaline that we felt as police officers, every believer can experience as well. And it's not just because you're on the run from the cops. Okay? It's because by simply stepping out in the power of the Holy Spirit in faith to share the light of Christ with someone who's not a believer yet, we can have that same rush. We can have that same adrenaline hit that we've helped someone to connect with the God of heaven and we've connected them with the divine presence of Jesus. There is such a rush that comes when we do that. If I could get every single person here to experience what it's like to lead someone to Christ, your Christian faith would go to a whole new level. And that's what it means to be lit up to light up. We've got to be lit up to light up. And that's the whole purpose of what I want to talk to us about this morning. I believe with all my heart that we have been lit up to light up. So you might ask me this morning, what does that even mean? Well, it means that Jesus has done something so big in us, so amazing for us, that we can't keep it for ourselves. We feel compelled to share what Jesus has done with the world around about us. We were in darkness, but the life of Jesus lit us up. And now we feel that we have to share what God did for us with the people around about us. What Jesus did for us, we reveal, we bring, we offer to other people around about us. We were lost, but Jesus found us. We were broken, but Jesus put us back together. We were sick, but Jesus healed us. We were blind, but Jesus opened our eyes to all. And that's what it means to be lit up to light up. Whatever God has done in us or for us, we are called to do for others. We are to be a channel through which the Holy Spirit flows to minister to the lives of other people. We've been lit up to light up. John 1 verse 4 says, In Him, in Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of men. In Jesus is life and His life lights us up. At the instant that we were born again, the life of Christ blazed within us. John chapter 8 verse 12 says this, and Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, I am the light of the, of, of, uh, of the world. So in other words, when we access the light, who is the light of the world, something's got to be illuminated for us. Something's got to come into focus for us. And I believe that there are three things, the reasons why that we've been lit up to light up. The first reason is this, we've been lit up to see who He is. And I love that the Holy Spirit has gone ahead of me this morning now you heard during communion with Julia, she shared over communion all that He is. What an incredible, Julie, did I speak to you at all about my message this morning? 
praise God. I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit. So is Julie in tune with the Holy Spirit. We just need to get the rest of you on tune with the Holy Spirit. And we'll be great. Be a great morning. Great morning. <clears throat> so we've been lit up to see who he is. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 15, Jesus asked his disciples, who do, you, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus looked intently at his disciples and he says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter saw who Jesus was. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And others, they saw who Jesus is. God the Father saw who he is at his baptism. This is my son whom I love. And then we see John the Baptist who, who saw who Jesus was. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. And then we saw Martha who saw who Jesus was. She says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. There was a centurion at the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus. And he looked up to Jesus and he said, truly, he was the Son of God. What about us? <clears throat> who do we see that he is. Is Jesus the light of our life this morning? Jesus is our salvation. He, the salvation is no, in, in no other name. Jesus is our healing, for it's by his stripes that we are healed. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, I want to tell you, Jesus is coming back again. He's coming back for, for people, he's coming back for a radiant church without spot or wrinkle. Praise God for that. When we see him for who he is, we will be drawn to him because we'll see, number two, the second reason why we've been lit up to light up, we'll see what can be. We will see what can be. When we see who he is, all that Jesus has done, we'll know that that's the way that people are supposed to live. That's the way that believers are supposed to live. By the power of the Holy Spirit, doing things in our world, the same things that Jesus, Jesus is our example. He is the model from which we live our lives. As believers, that's what I believe, that whatever Jesus did, we do too. Jesus laid down his life, believers are required to too. If Jesus was generous, then so are we. If Jesus shared the, the love of God with the, the world around about him, then we're, we're called to do that as well. So we can see what can be. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, we live by faith, not by sight. We are called to live by faith. When we see who He is, we'll see what can be. To live by faith is to live by seeing what can be. Four guys lower their mate through the roof because of who Jesus and what Jesus can be for that young man on the, on the mat. The woman with the issue of blood pushed through a crowd because she saw what can be through the hem of Jesus' garment. The centurion asked Jesus just to speak a word of healing for his servant because he knew what can be when Jesus speaks. The disciples, they followed Jesus, believing what life can be with Jesus. In John chapter 14, verses 10 to 12, Jesus said, Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Jesus is saying, 
that if we can't believe what He says, then let's believe based upon the miracles, the signs and the wonders that He did on the earth. What did Jesus do? What were the miracles that Jesus did? Jesus turned water into wine. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus heals the sick. He feeds thousands of men, women and children at the feeding of the the 4,000 and the 5,000. Jesus orchestrated a miraculous catch of fish on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus cleanses a man of leprosy. He heals a man who was born deaf and dumb. He healed people that were blind. He walked on water. Jesus healed a woman who'd been crippled for 18 years. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You know what? Jesus miraculously provided a coin in a fish's mouth. I'd have been happy with a fish. You've never seen me fish. Oh, he has. It's true. It's not pretty. You know what? This is how I fish. We went on a holiday as a family once to Port Vincent. Was it Port Vincent? Yeah, Port Vincent. And of an evening time, there's schools of fish that used to come in and, and everybody seems in the caravan park where we were staying knew about this. So there were probably 20, 30 people who line up casting lines out into to where these fish were obviously coming. There's people on that side that are catching fish. There's people on that side catching fish. And there's a woman sitting next to me who can't fish for peanuts. And what does she do? Crosses my line every single time. Cast it out over that way. Cast it out over that way. Wherever my line was, she was sure to put her line across mine. Did I catch any fish? No, but she did. <laughs> you all pray for me now. That's how I feel. I'd have been happy with a fish, not let alone the coin in the fish's mouth, man. This is what Jesus did. And it's evidence of what can be. It's evidence of what can be. Jesus said we'll do even greater things than him because Jesus was going to the Father. What happens when Jesus goes to the Father? This is what happened. The Father sent the Holy Spirit to fill and baptize believers. I don't know about you, but I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I need, the bapt- I need the power that, that comes from heaven that's born of the Spirit of God. I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I need His anointing as I stand here and preach to you. I need the anointing as I go to the shops. I need the anointing as I go to school, as I go to work, whatever it is, whatever your context is, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Am I in a Pentecostal church this morning? Well, how about you let your neighbour know and just start to scream out of something, you know? And I'm not doing that just to to massage me. Um, You need to to start to agree with this because if I can't get you to to agree with the Word of God by shouting it out in the middle of a church where you're surrounded by believers who believe the same thing as you, how on earth are you going to do it in the streets? We've got to speak up about Jesus in the streets. We've been lit up to light up. Come on. I'll get warmed up in a minute. See, the Holy Spirit gives believers the power to be witnesses of Jesus, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to preach the Word of God. What does that mean for us? Because we can see who He is, we can see what can be. We can see what can be. We call those things that aren't as though they are. In other words, where there is death, we speak life. Wherever there is a sickness, we speak healing. Wherever there is a lack, we speak God's provision. 
We are a people of faith, a people of what can be. We walk by what can be, not what was. Oh, bring back the old days. No, I want what God's got for us now. I want the now word of the good Lord. It's not what was or what is, but what can be. In the Word of God, we see the promises of God for what can be. Faith in Jesus sees who He is, but also sees what can be. Every time we read the Bible, it should speak to us about what can be in our lives, what can be for our families, what can be for our children. It speaks to us, it prophesies to us, it declares to us what can be. John 14, 12, and I said it before. Jesus said, the person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. That is not more sensational. You don't get much more sensational than raising a body from the dead that's been dead for four days. That's pretty sensational, okay? It's not about being sensational. It's about the magnitude of what He did. Uh, Jesus, the promise of Jesus seems impossible. Yet on the very day of Pentecost, after Jesus has been uh, crucified and He's raised from the dead and ascended to heaven, Peter gets up and speaks to a crowd under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and over 3,000 people get saved. I want to tell you that's more than Jesus ever did in His earthly ministry. It was greater in magnitude. It was a fulfilment of what Jesus said in that passage. There are things that God wants to do through you. There are things that God wants to do through you. Greater in magnitude. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in resident within every person here. If you're not baptised in the Holy Spirit, you can be this morning. The evidence of speaking in tongues. I heard a great, def, you know, like, does baptism of the Holy Spirit involve speaking in tongues? Yes, it does, because Air Jordans, they come with a tongue. Okay? So every Air Jordan comes with a tongue. So every baptism of the Holy Spirit comes with a tongue. Oh, that's pretty good. When we see who He is, we'll see what can be. You know what? We're not denying the facts. It's just that we see what can be more clearly. What can be is a greater reality than what is right now. We may see what is, but Jesus shows what can be. If, we, if God did it before, He can do it again. Through Him, we can see what can be. To be lit up, to light up, is to see who He is. It's to see what can be and to realise, number three, that the Holy Spirit wants to shine through me to my city. See, if we're selfish with the Holy Spirit, it stops. We become like the Dead Sea, where there's no flow of life. There's no fish. It's just stagnant waters. I don't, I've met some people, some stagnant Christians. People who just don't pass on whatever God's got through them. We should believe for God to flow through us. We should believe for God to bring life when we start to step out. Believing that the Holy Spirit wants me to shine to my city. Why don't you say that? Holy Spirit, shine through me to my city. 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 
You might not be able to believe for your city, but how about you believe? Holy Spirit, shine through me for my family. Holy Spirit, shine through me for my friends. Holy Spirit, shine through me for my children. Holy Spirit, shine through me for my parents. Holy Spirit, shine through me. When we've seen Jesus for who He is and we've seen what can be, then surely it's got to stir something in us that wants to respond and be a part of what God's doing in the earth today. We've not experienced Jesus and all that He's done just to hide it and not tell others. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Saints, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. He says, a city on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. I mean, what's the point? I mean, what is the blooming point? You light a lamp. Oh, look, I know what I'll do. I'll stick it under a bowl. That's helpful. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus says, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This is not about all the, the accolades coming to us. This is about shining the light of God so that people turn and say, what's so different about, why are you doing this? Why are you serving in our community pantry? Because I love Jesus and I want you to experience the love of God as we give to the community without expecting anything in return. We want you to start to see God. God's real. Jesus said this to His disciples near the start of His Sermon on the Mount. You know, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Acts chapter 8, verses 4 to 8. This, this spoke to me powerfully this week. This spoke to me powerfully this week. It says this, and you got it up on the screen. Acts chapter 8, verses 4 to 8. Now I'm going to break this down a little bit as we walk through this. But the believers, can I say, not professional preachers, not pastors, but believers. Ordinary people who'd given their hearts to Christ, were baptised in the Holy Spirit. These people started to do something. These people were actually sometimes referred to as accidental missionaries. Because they, they weren't professional. They just went about doing whatever they were doing in the midst of, midst of their day. They just spoke about what Jesus was doing. They just spoke up as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance to speak to people. And they started to see people getting saved and born again. But these believers who were scattered told people the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example... Let's talk about Philip for a minute. Philip, we see, first of all, mentioned that I can, I, I'm aware of, is in Acts chapter 6, where he's part of the group of people that are chosen to release the apostles to do what they do. And Philip and Stephen, you remember Stephen, stoned to death, first martyr. Okay? Philip, we understand, he was one of the people that was chosen just to distribute food. Praise God for those who are working in our community pantry today who are distributing food to our community. What could happen by people who are just simply serving in whatever capacity that they can, that they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they do amazing things. 
Let's, let's have a listen to what happens. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria. Samaria. Let's talk about Samaria for a minute. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall be my witness. You shall receive power when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes on you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and... Oh, wow. So Philip's taken Jesus at his word. He's gone to Samaria. He's saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I want to serve some people over in Samaria. I believe that the Spirit of God's going to come upon me and there's going to be a release of all that He's done in and through my life in Samaria. So Philip goes to Samaria and told people there about Jesus. It says, crowds listened intently to Philip. It's just a guy who's serving food. Just an ordinary believer filled with the Spirit of God. He says, they listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. I believe that the Adelaide Hills could come alive in joy because of Jesus and a revival that sweeps this land. I've got to tell you, you guys in the middle, you need to spark it up a bit. Guys over here, fantastic. These guys over here, they have really lifted their game. They're, they're punching towards a gold medal today, I tell you. They're, they're racing you guys for this, but you guys here, there's a bronze medal for you. It's a lovely burnished bronze, but... <clears throat> Philip went to Samaria, the city that Jesus spoke about. Philip had experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and had received power to tell people about Jesus. Are there any baptised believers here today? People were eager to hear his message and to see the miraculous signs. Demons were cast out, the paralysed walked and people were healed. Now catch this. Are you ready? Jesus is not dead and neither are miracles, signs and wonders. We've got to believe again for the miraculous. We've got to believe again for signs and wonders. We've got to believe again for healing wherever we go. We've got to believe for divine provision, for divine open doors. We've got to believe again. Otherwise, what's the point of us doing this? We get all happy and clappy and stuff like that. Let's believe for the miraculous. Let's believe for miracles. Let's believe for the signs and wonders. No longer do we pray for someone who's got a cold and we catch their cold. We're going to believe that that cold comes out in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit gives believers the power to tell people about Jesus and to operate in the miraculous. The gifts of faith, of healings and the miraculous are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. Check out 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if you don't believe me. They are all specifically mentioned there. We've been given power to be witnesses of Jesus, of who He is and what can be. You know what? This is how Jane and I became believers. Someone had been lit up and shined the light of Jesus to us. We've been lit up to light up. Let's not let the legacy of what someone shared in our lives come to nothing, but let us 
continue to believe that there's going to be a chain reaction. I bump into someone, they come alive to the light of Christ. Then they bump into someone, they come alive to the light. Let there be a Holy Ghost chain reaction wherever we are, not just in the Atlantis, in our state, in our nation, across the world. Jesus is coming back. Charles Spurgeon said this, in every church where there really is the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord will cause that power to spread through believers. He never meant a church should be like a nut shut up in its shell or like an ointment that's enclosed in a box. The precious perfume of the gospel must be poured out to sweeten the air. I love that. Great pommy preacher, great. Love that. He was probably a Manchester United supporter, so he's a good bloke. Let's not talk about, uh, not be talked out of shining for Jesus. Let's not hide from others what Jesus has done for our lives. Has anyone here experienced Jesus doing something for you? Anyone at all? Are there any believers here this morning? If God's done nothing in you, then why on earth are you in church this morning? The gift we've been given is the fire of the Holy Spirit. Let's not hide it from others, what Jesus has done in our life. Let's not forget that we've been given power to be a witness. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says this. That's why I would remind you to stir up, to rekindle the embers of, to fan the flame of, and keep... This is the Amplified Bible, by the way, I'm reading from. Okay, I might just start that again because it's so good. It's rich. That's why I would remind you to stir up, to rekindle the embers of, to fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, that inner fire that is in you. Can I suggest that one of the gifts that this young Timothy was talking about here, that Paul was talking to Timothy about, who wrote the book of Timothy, Dean? Paul, I knew that, I was just testing. I love it when Dean's in the house. It's great. Man of God. God's doing great things through Dean. Incredible things. Raising up generations of people who know the Word of God. I digress. 2 Timothy 1.6. The gift that he's talking about here is the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's one of the gifts. It's not just about having a like, prophecy or the gift of encouragement. The gifts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's t- saying, stir this up. Stir this up. Fan it into a flame until it's burning white hot in your life. We've been given the gift of the fire and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The gift we've been given is the power to be a witness. We've been given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've been lit up to light up. It's not just something we do as serving as a part of a ministry or as a team in church. That's lovely. It's someone we are all the time. You don't have to wait to come to church and serve as a part of a team before you use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How about you do it as you're on your way to work and that person cuts you off and you just want to just, oh, you just want to, you know, you just want to. How about you pray for them? Say, God, would you bless them? I can see that they're in a hurry. I can see that they're stressed. Would you bring down the level of the stress in their life and do it for me at the same time? 
Mark 16 verse 15 says, Jesus said to them, as you go into all the world, as you go into all the world, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel. It's wonderful news. It's good news. There's hope. Preach it to the entire human race. It's as we go to work. It's as we go to school. It's as we go shopping. As we go into our world, light it up. Here's some things. From my personal walk, whilst driving down a road near our home, I saw a young man sitting on the windowsill of his house or a house. I didn't know that it was house until afterwards. I didn't know him, but I could see that he was upset. I stopped my car and I went and spoke to him. I listened to his story and led him to Jesus. As we go into the world, the baptism of the Spirit of God is with us. There's another time. I suddenly had someone on my heart at home. I just felt like I needed to reach out to them. I had their phone number, so I phoned them. They were in the front bar of a hotel drinking. And I told them that I'd been, I just had them on my heart and I, I'd been praying for them. And they began to tell me how things weren't going well. Sort of figured that by the fact they were in the front bar of a hotel, but hey, didn't say anything. Just let them share their story. See, I told them that Jesus can help them. I asked them if they wanted to receive Jesus as their Lord. And they said, yes. You know what I didn't do then? I didn't say, well, how about you come to church on Sunday morning? Our service is at 10 o'clock. How about you come when the preacher stands up on the Sunday morning? You just come out and say, look, I'd love to, to receive you. No, in the front bar of the hotel, on the phone, I led that person to Christ. As you go into the world. Now, I want to say I don't get it right all the time. Only this week, <clears throat> only this week, me, 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 me. The nectar of heaven. Only this week, Jane and I were coming back from the Holy Spirit Conference. Brilliant. That's great. So on Thursday, uh, we had Grandparents' Day. So we went to Grandparents' Day, brought our two grandchildren home, Bella and, uh, and Sebastian. We got home, unloaded our car quickly, but then we needed to go to the shops. Okay, So we needed to do some shopping. We had no groceries that we had in the house, so that was cool. So I pulled out of our driveway and I started to go up the road and I looked in my rear vision mirror. This is Thursday. Our rubbish is picked up on a Wednesday morning. And I saw our elderly neighbour still had her rubbish bins out front of her home. I immediately said to Jane, we need to do something about that because her bins aren't normally out there. But the pressure of wanting to go and get my groceries outweighed going to check on my neighbour. Was it last night? Friday night, we found out that our neighbour had had a fall and had been on the ground for over a day. I felt it was the Spirit of God that had quickened my, my vision to that rubbish bin. I don't get it right all the time. Praise God, she's fine. She's okay. She's 94, okay? 92, I beg your pardon. Lovely lady. And Jane has many times ministered to her, like taken meals, just encouraged her, taken Mother's Day gifts for her because her husband passed away a number of years ago. I don't get it right all the time. See, we're not going to get it right all the time but let us at least try.
But let us at least try. Let us at least try. Let's light up our city and be creative in shining Jesus' light. Our family and our friends need Jesus. Our city needs Jesus. We've been lit up to light up so we can see who he is. He, he is our salvation. He is our healing. So that we can know what can be. Miracles, signs and wonders aren't dead. If we say, well, I've never really had anyone healed when I've prayed for them. How many people have you prayed for? The more people that you pray for that are sick, the more you are going to see people who are going to be healed. I've never raised anyone from the dead. How many dead people have you been around? Simple question. I've tried it. I've been around. Like when I was a, as a police officer, there was people that I felt like I just needed to pray for. In funerals, we've had open cast, like viewings. I've prayed for them, raised from the dead. If Jesus can do it for four, after four days, it's been a, in, the, in a cave. Why can't I do it after just a couple of days getting ready for a funeral? The Holy Spirit wants to shine through us to our city. And as we go into the world, let's light the place up. Let's blaze the glory of God. Let's be and do what we were created to be and to do. I want to say to your church, we have been lit up to light up. Amen. Let's stand for a minute. <clears throat> this week, I heard something that uh, really impacted me at the Holy Spirit Conference down at Life Point Church at Modbury. Pastor Corey Turner said this one thing. He said that to release the anointing of the Holy Spirit or to flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit just requires three things. Number one is intimacy with God. Just need to create and to work on our intimacy with God. Secondly, he said, that's through impartation. So someone who's accessed the presence and the anointing of the Spirit of God, there's a fire burning in their belly, and we need to get them to lay hands on us and impart something to them. It's all in the New Testament. You read about it. They laid hands on them and imparted the gift of God. They laid hands on them and saw them, uh, the sick get better and so on. There's, an, there's something about the laying on of hands that's in the Bible. There's a connection. There's a flow. And thirdly, it's through brokenness. Just getting on our knees, getting on our face before God and, and just saying, God, I just need you so much. I, I, I don't want to take another step. I don't want to take another moment without there being something that you do in my life. And so this week, there have been a number of people that have been away at the Holy Spirit Conference this week. And they've had lands laid on them. They've been in an atmosphere that has been charged with the power and the presence of God. It was an amazing conference. And what I'm, I would like us to do this morning is to lay hands on as many people who want what we received in that moment. What we have received, we, freely we have received and freely we want to give. There is no expectation. This is not, if you don't want, that's fine. We, we don't like, oh, did you see that? You didn't want it? No, no. We're not going to do any of that, okay? Just want to give. Just want to bless just want to impart, just want to see what God's done in us flow on. 
And if you want to be like me, come and get me to pray for you. You could be very, like, it's okay. Yeah. It could, you could start a high-speed chase. I can get you one of those kids' blue lights. Don't worry about it. So I've asked for some specific people to pray. So if you would like anything of the Spirit of God this morning, if you just want people to pray for you, fresh touch, fresh fire, fresh baptism, if you just want the wind of the Holy Spirit to, to encircle you, if you just want to get right with God, if you just want to just rededicate your life to Jesus this morning, if you want to see sickness bound in the name of Jesus and the release of divine health upon you this morning, and I encourage you to come. Just as the music starts to pray, we've got, play, we've got a, a specific uh, playlist that's going to uh, do now. We're just, uh, just going to make room for the Holy Spirit. So just as you, as you come... We'll start to pray. Amen.